All right, folks, this evening's topic is ideological monopolies. Ideological monopolies. I arrived at this topic because I've been seeing them pop up within our culture, our society so frequently. And I don't think they're good. And I don't think whichever side of the political divide they happen to be on would be good. But as you all know, they've been popping up on the left. And they have been inhabiting uh, seriously central foundational institutions. Institutions that are foundational to our to our society that everybody is tangentially at the least rubbing up against just by the way of being alive. So what are some of these? Some of these are the mainstream news media. That's one. Another is the mainstream entertainment media. TV, obviously Hollywood, cinema, movies, academia. We know all this new stuff within the past few years. Safe spaces, trigger warnings, hate speech, social justice type stuff. And how prevalent it is in academia. We also know that there's just a massive percentage of very, very liberal professors within academia. We also know that communist and socialist nations, obviously leftist nations, have historically been authoritarian and stifled dissent. And so there, within that broad sweeping example, there are more left-leaning ideological monopolies. This seems to be something that is a pattern. So a question I have written down here is, is ideological monopolization a tactic of the political left? And uh, it definitely looks that way. There's definitely some evidence to support that it is. And even if it's, you know, well, there's two things I want to talk about with that. Two ways to look at it, whether or not that is a political tactic of the left. Ideological monopolization, the intentional stifling of dissent. So, there is self-descriptive rhetoric. There are mission statements, manifestos party platforms and we can look at those but say that within none of that official rhetoric you even see authoritarianism ideological monopolization present itself so these leftist movements are not self-purportedly in favor of ideological monopolization. If they're not, I don't think you can say that that rules out the fact or the possibility that ideological monopolization is indeed something that they strive for. 
and is inherent to them. Because human beings lie. They lie a lot. So don't take, uh, you know, don't take somebody within this particular um, framework, the political framework, wherein there are power dynamics at play, don't take their word for it. So the other criteria I just listed, you know, self-descriptive rhetoric, party platforms, manifestos, so on. But the other thing is historical patterns, historical societal patterns. And we've already listed a bunch. We've listed Hollywood. We've listed the mainstream news media. We've listed academia. We've listed, you know, how dissent is stifled and is known to be stifled in countries such as China and the former USSR. So we have to think about that. Do actions speak louder than words? Are we going to judge political ideologies by what they say about themselves? Or are we going to judge them by the patterns that his history shows us? They bring about in the parts of the world in which they are fostered, nurtured, and grow. And I think that we should look at historical patterns first and foremost in that regard. Another thing I was pondering, and I think this is something that deserves a lot of discussion, a lot of thought, is could a whole political movement be controlled by a hidden elite class of people and be working toward a set of goals entirely different from the goals it purports itself to strive for and presents to the world? Well, I think there's a lot of that going on. And we have to start political conversations not based on what political movements say about themselves, based not on how they self-describe. We have to be suspicious. We have to look at behavioral patterns and cultural patterns as they have presented themselves within those political movements. And I think we need to do more of that, more of that, less of the rhetoric. A lot of times there's all these abstract conversations and debates going on on the internet, on college campuses, but the world itself is, is not abstract. And sometimes I think we're talking about political movements in too abstract a sense because the abstraction that they have sold to society and to their adherence, adherence, political movements, that is, that, that abstraction could very well be a lie. And then the proper starting point for analysis is not at the point of that abstract lie. It's the point of their true ulterior motives, and we need to extricate those from political ideologies. So if we see authoritarianism popping up, if we see the stifling of dissent popping up again and again, we need to flag that and we need to figure out how inherent, how natural to a particular ideology that may be. Is this, is this happening, happening accidentally or is it actually by design? 
maybe there are puppet masters behind the scenes who want that stifling of dissent to take place, right? And they're just not saying it. They're not saying, hey, we don't want the free market of ideas. They know that that wouldn't go over well, so they don't say that part. But they work um, very hard for their you know, authoritarianism in their particular favor. I think that that is something that could be going on. I think it is. I think that that's where I'd like the starting point for many conversations to be. How much of a lie is this particular political ideology? Are many iterations of the left, so to speak, based on a pack of lies? Are they political movements that were originated and devised by diabolical rich people who are not really looking to redistribute power and wealth, but to consolidate it. How much manipulation is going on and how deep is the manipulation? I think a lot of manipulation is going on and I think it's extremely deep. Let me just read through a few more notes I have here. Well, political correctness, of course. That seems to be a strategy that moves a population toward an ideological monopoly. There could be so many valid points that should be made for the pursuit of truth in the name of the pursuit of truth, in the name of the pursuit of anything other than the particular ideology that is espousing political correctness for its own benefit. But when folks are ostracized socially for coloring outside of the lines, oh, it looks like that is a tactic that is used specifically for the bringing about of an ideological monopoly. And I don't like that. I think that's extremely devious. I think that's evil. I don't like that at all. I think we got to cut it out with that. When you talk about the right, I don't know. I need to do more research. I need to do more research on what is the foremost example of a right-wing government that is really about small government and near anarchy and competition that has gone terribly wrong and become horribly evil. I don't I don't know what that would be. I don't think we're in danger of that in the Western world. I think that we're told that we are, but I think that modern history, the past hundred some odd years, has presented us with ample examples of authoritarian leftist regimes that have become murderous, evil, uh, just just god awful, and we we don't have the the counter the numerous counters on the right, the other, the opposite right side of the aisle. I could be wrong. Part of this is just me thinking out loud, but I think that's a thought that I feel confident enough to float out there. We have all these examples. We have North Korea. We have the former Soviet Union. We have many, many countries in Latin America going the socialist, leftist route, Cuba, so on and so forth. Is there anything like a, a list that could stack up against that list 
to the right side of the aisle. I, I, I don't think so. I don't think there is. It doesn't mean I'm, and I'm not far right. I, that's why these days, you know, even with the ideological monopolies in America, in Canada, by the way of the media and stuff, you cannot be far right, but you can be anti-left because the left has co-opted, has monopolized, has eaten everything up, all the communal space of society itself, all of the culture, all of the learning institutions. You don't have to be far right to be anti-left. You know, we need uh, way more real estate for way more brainwaves than leftist brainwaves who ha- that have just taken over everything. So I'm not particularly right maybe i'm center right but even if i was dead on the center or even if i was left leaning i mean i think sargon of akkad is a good example of this because in 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 an abstract conversation okay he's left leaning in many ways but he's anti-ideological monopoly and he makes that clear and there should be more people who are left leaning who make that clear about themselves alan dershowitz is another one but i want there to be so many i can't count that's that's how many people in who in an abstract conversation when speaking about what their favorite uh political modality would be if they had their druthers and they were playing god are also willing to say i'm not playing god and authoritarian leftism has totally monopolized many many of the western world's institutions and it's unacceptable and i'm as furious as a orthodox republican about it i i want to just i want to be hearing that all day from that particular sort of reasonable level-headed intelligent leftist more than i am i'm hearing it a little bit but i want to be hearing it constantly i want to be hearing it more than anything else that i'm hearing and i'm not not nowhere close to that i'm not hearing it as much as i'd like to what else do I have here? When we talk about the free market, just, you know, we talk about economics. Just It's just interesting to say. I never want to see this happen under the thumb, under the control of any other particular um, ideology. I don't want to see the antithesis of who Stephen Colbert really is, although he played that antithesis who he really is (laughs) the real guy jimmy kimmel so on and so forth that is the mold that leftist mold that really uh, has taken over has taken over our society fox news is one channel so you could satirize fox news but you can't get away from pushy arrogant snooty overconfident fake even corporate american style leftism you can't get away from it you, there's landmines everywhere you can't make your way if that irks you you can't make your way through our society without blowing up you're going to hit it you're going to walk into it and that ideal that proves the fact that it's an ideological monopoly in so many ways just running through again what i said mainstream news media mainstream entertainment media tv you know Cinema, Hollywood, obviously these award shows, the countries, the nations. I mean, we need more coverage of what it's really like in all these socialist nations. 
and when it doesn't go well at all, which it rarely does. And the issue with this, too, is that collective ideolo uh, collective ideological monopolies, they create singular individual ideological monopolies. And that's why I like the, the term I've heard espoused by Lionel of Lionel Media and also his buddy Gerald Salenti, political atheist. Meaning, to me, what that means is that I am not a singular ideological monopoly. I have not been taken over mentally whereby I <laughs> regurgitate a party line and that's it. I never step outside. I never step over that party line. I never go beyond it. And I think what has happened in our society is that we have so many people who are a perfect reflection as individuals of their monolithic political movement. And that is really scary. That's a bunch of zombies walking around and we need to correct that. So political atheism for me speaks to an antidote for that. Issue by issue, I've heard Lionel say as well, that's great. I believe in that. One of the, one thing in respect to these this ideological monopoly aspect of our society which came to mind was the other night the golden globes a few nights ago oprah got up stepped up to the podium and one of the things she mentioned was that we all know the media is under siege well when i'm watching that i'm thinking you know you're goddamn right thank god it's the only way that any good could be served we all know that this ideological monopoly is under siege. It better be under siege. We all know that the brainwashing mechanism at the core of our society making up all of your opinions for you in an authoritarian manner is under siege. Yeah, it should be under siege. You're talking about an evil institution that's under siege. Thank God it's under siege. Thank God there is a populist revolt against brainwashing. Can you imagine uh, that she said that in... A concerned manner as if she and something good had been aggrieved this is a great thing that the completely operation mockingbird so to speak leftist media is under siege that's great your tone the inflection in your voice should be celebratory oprah not uh moralizing so that was silly it's almost like when we talk about open secrets, when there's an open secret, they talked about all of these Hollywood players, all these actors, directors as well, the Me Too movement, sexual predation, pervading, being the norm. Okay, that's an open secret. But how our society has allowed when you go back to Operation Mockingbird, or I think it's the Warren Report, actually, after JFK was killed. But by the way of the CIA, the word conspiracy theorist has been weaponized. It still connotes wacko in this day and age. People get worried about being viewed as crazy by 
suggesting that there may be some significant scheming going on behind the scenes, as if there could ever be zero scheming going on behind the scenes. Of course there is. But we see the evidence of it on such a wide-scale basis. People talk about the liberal media all the time. Okay, the liberal media, it's right in front of our face. So the open secret of Kevin Spacey in Hollywood, that was an open secret. And the open secret of whoever else, whatever other sicko was constantly misbehaving. Harvey Weinstein, open Weinstein, open secret, open secret, right? Well, the liberal media to me, and there's more of these, that's an open conspiracy. Of course, there's conspiratorial underpinnings. Go look up Operation Mockingbird. There you go. You got some conspiratorial roots of why the media is so biased right there. Proven. So it's an open conspiracy. We have open secrets in this world. We also have open conspiracies. And we don't get around to actually giving them the linguistic frame, the conspiratorial linguistic frame that they deserve. We need to be less bashful about this term. I really want this this particular era we're in to be seminal and watershed in mainstreaming the idea of conspiracy and our linguistic relationship with what it is. It should be normalized. That doesn't mean you won't find someone who is overzealous in uh, pointing it out all the time, in diagnosing conspiracy all the time. That's going to happen. And you're going to, in sports, you're going to have people who overdiagnose doping all the time. Anyone who does well, they'll say, oh, he's on steroids. But that doesn't mean we should weaponize the term doping theorist. Doping exists and we know it. And uh, to weaponize a term doping theorist that means total nut job, that's unacceptable. And the term conspiracy theories theory is unacceptable in that same exact vein. It's unacceptable and we need to change that. And I think we will. I think we will moving forward. I think a lot of people are working that particular kink out of our collective consciousness. Thank you, Lionel, for doing that. Jordan Sather of um, Destroy the Illusion and so, so many other folks. We got to get real. The craziest thing to think, after all, in regard to conspiracies is not that everything is a conspiracy, certainly not that some things are conspiracies, but to think that nothing has conspiracy at, it, at its roots. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's that should connote that you're a wacko. You're you're a completely socially engineered entity. You have absolutely no free will. You have no control over your own critical thought processes. Okay? You just have been programmed. That's the worst thing you could ever be as a human being regarding your relationship with conspiracies to say, "Ah, never. They're ah, they're never they're never at the root of anything they're made up they're not inherent to mankind at all they're completely antithetical to who we are as creatures and they are never at play that's nuts uh, i don't want to there's too many people who actually tow that particular position they, they that's their attitude that's nuts we need to deprogram people from that attitude conspiracies are omnipresent you could be wrong about one. You could think a conspiracy is somewhere where it's not, but they're always there. They're always there. They're always somewhere. So 
I think that's it for me. Ideological monopolies. Did, do, do I have anything else to say? Yeah, it's just interesting to think that if, the, if back to conspiracies with ideological monopolies, the rhetoric, the self the manifesto, the party platform won't necessarily admit to what puppet masters behind the platform are positioning the platform to achieve. And I think we have to understand that. So we have to look at platforms and we have to connect them to unconfessed, unadmitted ulterior motives that come from above the platforms themselves. And that's just another way to break this down. Don't take a particular political ideology's word for anything. We don't do that. I think some of them are built on lies. And that's that for now. Ideological monopolies. I'd, li I'd like to mainstream the term. I'd I think we should use it. So that's that. That is that. Check me out at thethinkinyourarmor.com if you'd like help building a website and getting a logo to go along with that. And do-it-yourself videos to maintain and update the back end of your site for yourself and everything else you need to get up and running as seamlessly as possible. Uh, my partners and I can help you do that. Thethinkinyourarmor.com is the website. Remember to think and speak and work and live for yourself to the best of your abilities. We need you. We need your contributions. I'm your brother Jonesy, and I will catch you next time. <laughs>